0: Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with Broker Ideas Group. Being a successful mortgage broker is not about how many loans you write, working hard, or winning awards. It's about building a high-performing business that works with or without you. If you want smarter, proven ideas to accelerate your business, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit brokerideasgroup.com.au. That's brokerideasgroup.com.au. Now it's time to accelerate. It's over to your hosts.
1: Hey, everybody. It's James Vagley here. Welcome to an episode of the MBA podcast. It's episode 125. And uh, this is a question, actually, we get asked a lot. And I see being asked around the Broking Traps communities. It is, should my overseas team talk to my clients? Uh, So before we get into it, there's a bit to unpack here. For a start... In the red corner, the man, the myth, the legend, Ash Playsted. how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm excellent, man in the blue corner. I'll come out swinging on this one. Don't you worry. <laughs> I like you.
1: this topic. Yeah, yeah same. let's go. Let's do it. So, should my overseas team talk to clients? So, for those brokers that have been living under a rock for the last few years, it is very common, uh, I almost say almost essential in some respects, Ash, these days, to have part of your team overseas. It's very It's standard to have support from an overseas team member, either one you employ directly or through a service or an agency, usually to assist with uh, admin, processing, and things like that. And the question does come up when you start to build a team in your business, as you all should be doing. uh, We don't advise anyone to try and do everything themselves. So when you start building that team and you get your first or your second overseas person and they're processing loans. They're starting to assist more and more within the loan process. The question comes up, so should they contact my clients? And we see a lot of different debate about this. A lot of people are like, no. A lot of people are like, yes. Let's unpack this, Ash. Um, I'll hand it over to you.
2: Look, it's a great topic, James. Thank you for that intro. And there's a couple of places I'd like to start with this. Now, firstly, of course, I think we all bring our own bias to the table on this, uh, whether it's us, our clients, um, customers. And this is born of the whole telemarketer, someone from offshore ringing you. Um, you know, Do people actually value and want to speak to someone who's calling you from another country? Now, I think a lot of that is born of the whole, you know, whether it's a telco or a bank or, you know, large organisations who went through a period of offshoring a lot of their support. And, and in some cases, they still do a lot. So when you interact with these organisations, you're dealing with an offshore centre. Uh, so there's a little bit of bias that people bring to the table that I think uh, colours and taints um their rational thought about this that's the first thing and this, the the second thing is at what point and it's almost separating the communication with clients uh, and other stakeholders for that matter, but particularly your your clients you know your mums and dads who are actually getting loans, not other stakeholders in the transaction if speaking to the the actual physical clients it's really two parts is it a sales role or is it a processing role so i would you know, a sales role is essentially someone up front speaking to prospects about becoming customers and taking out loans so that's that's that part and then where most of this sits generally is beyond the winning of the client role which sort of sits with the broker generally or one of their broking team and then it becomes about part of the downstream support and delivery structure So they're sort of the two things I want to start this off with and then probably just extend the second one a little bit to one of my core beliefs, and I think I've been around maybe, just maybe, long enough to form a reasonably well-informed view on this, that with very, very rare exception, clients, if you do a good job with them, They don't really care who they speak to downstream from the client's strategic relationship about how they're going to solve and diagnose and solve and provide a great outcome for the client. Once that trust is established and the process is triggered, and I've seen this happen so many times, clients don't really care who they speak with as long as it's, communications it's organized it's reliable it's consistent they're not left hanging and in an emergency if they do need to speak to the broker about something that's uh, unforeseen they do have access to that that broker if need be but in the normal course of events my opinion and I've seen this happen is clients don't care as long as the jobs getting done Mm -hmm. and they're being informed they don't care who they're speaking to so I think, James, and listeners, the the logical extension of that is, in my opinion, I I generally fall on the, why not? Why wouldn't you have your overseas team talk to clients if you hold a similar belief to me? If you don't hold a similar belief to me, well, we probably need to talk about what that looks like. For me, it's about as long as you've got your system set up right and your team know what to do and and the process is followed, the workflow is followed accurately. Your clients won't mind who they're speaking to, as long as the job's getting done. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I agree one hundred percent too in that. I like the fact that you broke or split up the sales element from the loan process, and obviously the sales element is one that you will keep tightly held and controlled in a local environment because that's the most that's the most important trust building component. And I think, as you were alluding to Ash, in that. The, the unconscious or conscious bias that people have around uh, telemarketers calling from overseas and people not liking that that's got nothing to do with this does it like a telemarketer from no. overseas calling to talk about you know your phone bill or your utilities or something is you can't that's that's completely different to what we're talking about um, yeah of course people don't like being interrupted it's not the fact that they're like it, they don't like hearing from someone from overseas it's just they don't want that cold call even if those interrupting calls were happening onshore people would be just as annoyed so when oh, oh so, so calls, true. yeah so when the calls are expected they nobody has a problem with it because it's not something for sale um I, there is no issues in my mind at all the only thing i would put as a super important caveat that we could probably talk about a little bit more, is that it is essential during the initial sales process in that first or second meeting with the client that you start to introduce and build up your team to your clients. It's That's a key part. So as part of working with you, Mr. and Ms., Mrs. Smith, whatever it happens to be, um, here's I want to introduce you to a few key people that will, will be working with you as well as myself through this process so that They're super clear that you're here, you're in control of things, you're looking at strategy, you'll make sure it's going to get done and then there's person A or person B over here who are involved in the administration and processing and support and they're going to be in charge of staying on top of things to make sure everything happens smoothly and they may reach out to you if they need throughout the process. I think if you set it up nice and cleanly, people will be like, of course you've got a support team. Now I'm actually more impressed that you have a support team as opposed to giving this illusion that you're trying to do everything yourself, which is what a lot of brokers do.
2: Well, listeners, this may well be the shortest podcast ever, because I think James has just articulated in that two, three, four minutes exactly what to do here. Um, but look, <laughs> seriously, that, that that is 100% spot on. And in the years that we've been working with our members and they've hired dozens, actually more than that, hundreds of onshore and particularly offshore people to work in their businesses. And you know what? Now I know all of our members and I cannot recall a single, not one instance where there's been a problem or a complaint or an issue around an offshore team member speaking to a client. Not one. Now, if you're listening to this episode wondering, oh, you know, is that theory or is that real? Where's the evidence? Well, for me, there's the evidence. You know, if you, if you do this right, i.e. set the expectations up front that you've got a team and here they are and they're going to be working on this. I'm the head surgeon, like I'm the one diagnosing and performing the surgery, but here's the team that's going to do everything else to support me to, and to support you. That is there and if you back that with obviously a very well structured workflow where nothing gets missed. If somebody gets a phone call from anywhere, like you could be calling from some um under un, in a cave in, in central Australia, as well as calling from overseas, customers don't care, right? They just don't care. What they care about is is the job being done to the standard that you told me it would be. When I signed up with you yep. that's what they care about if you deliver on that or over deliver on that no problem right then it's just a matter of obviously it goes without saying that anybody from overseas has obviously got a good command of language and all those sorts of things which we know for a fact you know the vast vast majority of, of offshore uh, you know, virtual assistant uh, organizations uh, recruit people with very good english and technical skills yes so the only thing in my mind here in play is overcoming the bias that we think our customers have about being contacted by a member of your team by the way I, I, i'm curious james i got a question that just occurred to mm-hmm. me yeah do do let's just say you had a offshore team member whose name was susan mm-hmm. for, for the sakes of an example could be anything and Susan's based in the Philippines and Susan picks up the phone and contacts one of your customers because the system said to about, you know, we've just ordered your valuation or just letting you know your loan's been approved or just letting you know that your documents have been sent out. Can you fill them out and here's how to do it? And I'll send you a little video showing you how to do it. If that person calls from the Philippines or calls from the building next door, how would your client even know? Exactly. So where's the bias? The bias is sitting in the – there's only one place. This is the problem, and that's in the mind of the
1: broker business owner. It's not a problem anywhere else. Exactly. We should uh, – let's just scrap that so-called problem right now and uh, <clears throat> put this argument to bed that, yes, of course, your team should be talking to clients uh, within the loan process. And, of course, you have the caveats there that they have a script and you know they've been you know trained effectively and they have good English skills, which – You know, if you've hired appropriately, they will most certainly do. Um, You know, our team, uh, some of our team that work in the Philippines, 100% will contact our members. Of course, uh, they do. And in fact, one thing I'll add, Ash, which um, we haven't mentioned so far directly, is that let's think about the positioning, listeners. Let's think about the positioning of you, the broker, the expert, has set the strategy. Uh, you've got the client on board, we've decided what the plan's going to be, what we're going to do. Now it's just a matter of filling out some paperwork or collecting some information and documents. Imagine if a week later, as part of that process, one of those documents was incorrect or out of date or the lender required an extra piece of paper. Think of the positioning, Ash, in terms of, can you imagine your broker has called you to just say, oh, can you just pop through another slip or can you pop through this piece of paper? The fact, like the positioning in my mind is that the so-called expert surgeon that just helped me at the highest level with the strategy is now jumping on the phone to me to ask me for a piece of paper. That's not a good use mm-hmm. of that person's time. Like, of course it should be their offsider or assistant or team. Uh, yet in the broking world, it seems like everybody is trained and has this false belief that, every client contact has to be them and i i actually believe it's doing them and the industry a disservice
2: look just to jump on spot on that's a fantastic insight and i hope everybody takes note of that because this is where the industry needs to and is evolving to at a at a professional level uh we, we are heading down the path of other uh, professional services whether it be Uh, I don't know, legal practices, accounting practices, uh, medical practices, architects, um, any of those professions, yes, you have the high-level expert who guides you on strategy and plan, but then it's a team of other people who do the follow-up, the processing, the reminders, uh, you know, those sorts of preparatory and research roles are all done by other people, and, and you expect it. Like, if I... If I hired uh, a, uh, let's say, a, a, an architect or, I don't know, a, a medical expert, I, if, if that medical expert who told me, you know, I need to operate and give you open heart bypass surgery to save your life, and then the, two days later they're ringing me to say, oh, you filled out your form wrong, could you send it in again? It's like, what would my faith be in the expertise and focus of that surgeon if their business is set up in a way that they feel the need to be doing that downstream work i'd say stop it <laughs> go and focus on doing what you should be doing which is saving my life yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know so you're, you're right and it's a it's a really good insight and i hope everyone takes that away and I, and I think the industry is heading in that direction um with a little bit of momentum james but i think it's it's still relatively early days. so any of any of you uh you know broker business owners out there or even brokers you know you, you're thinking about where can i where can I advance and separate a little bit from the crowd? Well, start to think about people speaking to your clients other than you. Because it not it's not just an efficiency and a productivity improvement, but it also helps to elevate your expertise and authority with the client.
1: Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know there's probably a lot of detailed questions our listeners might have about, you know, exactly how they should be contacting them, or should it be, you know, how do they do the tech piece and is it a phone? We don't need to be just talking about details today, everybody. We're talking strategy. Uh, You know, we can figure the details out another time. Uh, When they should be contacting them within the, the loan process, again, is a detailed question. There are parts of the loan and sales process that should be the broker and parts that should be the assisting team. So they're the sort of things we map out with our clients and have frameworks for. But overall, when you're building out a team and a business, of course, they should be involved in helping you work and deliver to clients. And as long as you intro them up front and build them up, nobody cares. and In fact, they love it. So is there anything further you'd like to add to this uh, relatively short episode, Ash?
2: Uh, Just to to quickly... uh Emphasize what you just said, and that the clients only care about a situation to the extent that you care, or maybe better worded, a client will only worry about something to the extent that you worry about it. So, if you're worrying about whether your offshore team should speak to your clients, well, then your clients will probably worry about it. So, part of this is what I would call almost uh, self fulfilling. So, the mindset shift is where it would start, in that it's actually A benefit to all parties to have your team speaking to your clients as often as is required. This is one of the key things we help our members tease out and put in place is a workflow that removes their involvement from speaking to the client um, as much as possible. As much, and that might sound counterintuitive, listeners, but as much as possible, once you've had that, you know, that diagnosis and strategic discussion and locked in the process and the direction you know should you ever be speaking to the client again in that process probably at key moments potentially Um, but other than that no get your team involved because the other thing james last thought is it's actually a fantastic way to to build pride in success with your team if you allow your team to be involved in the good news flow and the communication flow with your clients. It's a very powerful way to to build the right culture in your business and allow your team to own part of the pride in helping people. Don't keep all that for yourself.
1: No, definitely not. I love that. And I do have one more final thought, Ash, and this is a, a new concept, but I'll let everybody mull on it. I'll do the short version. It's about relationships and results. I think most brokers miss Uh, that think incorrectly that this is a relationship business. It's still a results business. People actually don't care about you if you get them the result. So we want to have amazing relationships with our clients. Yeah, 100%. But that comes secondary to getting them the result. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how nice you are and you come over, you pat the dog, you have lunch, You're a nice person. If you don't get the result and they don't hear from you, they don't like you. So if you focus on results and getting better results means, including your team and being more professional, then you're going to be in a much better position than if you said to us, James and Ash, I'm in the relationship business and I've got to be the one doing everything and talking to my clients. That's why I have to be the one to do all the communications. You're missing the point. Maybe we'll let them mull on that, Ash. Yep, that's
2: good mull material right there, James. I have nothing to add other than (laughs) say, listeners, you know, go away and uh, find a quiet uh, hour and mull on that because there's a lot, a lot of value in what James just said.
1: Awesome. Well, listeners, we'll leave you to mull and uh, we're looking forward to the next episode, which will be coming to you shortly. Uh, Until then, Ash, have yourself an awesome time and listeners, you too. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Likewise, James. I'll see you next
0: time. Cheers, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration with Broker Ideas Group. To keep getting smarter, proven ideas in your inbox every week, subscribe to the podcast now over at brokerideasgroup.com.au forward slash podcast. If you want to accelerate even faster, access our proven, results-driven programs, live events, and free resources available at brokerideasgroup.com.au. That's brokerideasgroup.com.au. And until next time, remember, life's too short to play small. So dream big, believe big, and go big with Broker Ideas Group.